This is KMTT. This is Ezra Bick. Today is Monday, and we are continuing with the series on the structure of tefillah. Last week we did the bracha of Avar the second bracha of Bekot Kriyat Shema that precedes Kriyat Shema, and today we get to the third bracha of Bekot Kriyat Shema, which follows Kriyat Shema, the bracha which begins Emet Ve'yatsiv, and ends, Baruch Atah Hashem Ga'a Yisrael. I'm skipping Kriyat Shema itself. Obviously an important, very important part of Tefillah. It's such an important part of Tefillah that it deserves an entire series. It's not a, uh, it's not, it's not one bracha. So for the purposes of this series, I am assuming you know what Kriyat Shema is about. It's important to summarize it in one sentence because it affects our discussion of Birkot Kriyat Shema. Kriyat Shema is about Kabbalat Ol Malchut Shemaim. The acceptance of the yoke of heaven. In other words, it's the pledge of allegiance of the Jewish uh, citizen in God's kingdom. Okay, we have discussed in the previous two weeks the bracha, the first bracha of Birkat Kriyat Shema, which was Birkat Yotzer HaMa'orot, which we defined as being a bracha about creation, continual creation, as exemplified by light. The second bracha of Ava Rabbah, or Avat Olam, we define as being a bracha about the love of God to the Jewish people as exemplified or crystallized or basically uh, contained in the giving of Torah. So the first bracha is creation light, second bracha is Ava Torah. What is the third Baracha about? Our method of determining, in short, in one sentence, in one word, almost, what a Baracha is about is to examine the Chatima, the conclusion of the Baracha, which in this case is Baruch Hashem Ga'al Yisrael. So we know the answer. The Baracha is about Geula, redemption. It's not immediately apparent how this fits into the uh, framework of Bikot Kriyat Shema. When we first began to talk about it, I claimed, and I still claim, that Bikot Kriyat Shema define the environment in which I pledge my allegiance, in which I am Mekabel Ol Malchut Shemayon. That environment of the first two Bachot was, He has created, God has created the entire world and provides this creation continually to me. I live in the environment of nature, and He is my God because He is the God who is responsible for nature. Two, God has given us the Torah, the Jews. And therefore He is my God because He has commanded us, He has given us Torah, it's His love. And, and, and that, that, is the, that is the environment, that is the, 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 the swimming pool in which I swim when I say Kriyat Redemption is a very important topic. How does it exactly impinge on the saying of Kriyat Now, if we look at this bracha, the nature of redemption, the nature of redemption which is described, it is about Yitziat Mitzrayim, it is about the redemption from Egypt, the exodus from Egypt, how God took us out of the house of bondage, Beit Avadim, and, and gave us Chirut, freedom. This point is obvious when you read the Bacha, uh, beginning with the words, um, the, the second part of the Bacha, it's made quite clear, Ezrat Avoteinu, Olam, and then it begins to explicitly say, Mi Mitzrayim, Ge'atanu, Hashem Elokeinu, Beit Avadim, Peditanu. 
you have redeemed us from Egypt, taken us and, and, and saved us from the house of bondage. Called Bechorem Harakta, you killed the firstborn, and you redeemed, you saved your firstborn, and you split the sea, and you drowned them in the sea, and therefore our forefathers praised you, and that's what the Bechah is about. This point is related to uh, halachot. The most important one is that this baracha is the fulfillment of the obligation of zechirat yitziat mitzrayim. There is a mitzvah tasei min Torah. Probably, apparently, this is the way the Gemara in Bachot, the first parak, describes it. There is a mitzvah tasei min Torah to remember the exodus from Egypt. And how do we fulfill that mitzvah tasei? By saying the baracha which begins emet v'yatziv, which comes after Kriyat Shema. So obviously the Bechah is about the redemption of Egypt. Two, the Bechah ends Ga'al Yisrael, a similar Bechah in Shmon Esrei, a request. When we ask God, we petition God for redemption, ends with the words Go'el Yisrael. And Chazal explained the difference, is that when you ask for redemption, you're talking about future redemption. So you speak in future or present. It's present future in the way Hebrew uh, grammar works. As Goel Yisrael, he who redeems continually, and therefore I appeal to him to redeem me in the future. But this Bechai is about Egypt, therefore Gaal, past tense. Gaal Yisrael. So the Bechai is about redemption of Egypt, which makes our question uh, more difficult. Why is the memory, the memory of the redemption from Egypt, the Exodus. How does that form the basis, the environment, the surroundings for the proper saying of Kriyat Shema, of Kabbalat Ol Machut Shemaim, acceptance of the yoke of heaven by the Jewish people, by the Jew? I think the answer is as follows. Another question. What I said is correct. The, the end of the Bechai is about Yitzhak Mitzrayim, but the beginning of the Bechai is not. In the previous two examples, I did not only examine the end of the Bechai. I might have started from there. Yotzer HaMa'orot HaBocher Ba'amo Yisrael Ba'ava But you could also look at the beginning of the Bechai, and in fact, it was the same thing. The, be- the beginning of the Bechai, which ends Yotzer HaMa'orot, was Yotzer Or Uvorichoshach creates light and creates darkness, for, uh, fashions light and creates darkness. The beginning of the Berachah, which ends, He who chooses his people Israel with love, begins with, With great love you have loved us. The beginning of the Berachah, which ends with the words, Ga'al Yisrael, who redeems Israel, it begins with the words, Emet, v'yatsiv, v'nachon, v'kayam, v'yashav, v'naman, v'hu, v'chaviv, v'nechmad, v'naim, v'norah, v'yadin, v'tukan, v'mekubal, v'tov, v'yafeh, d'avar hazeh, v'yadin, 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 there's no word here about ge'ulah, about redemption, it says, it's about truth. You are true, and um, permanent, and correct, and existent, and straight, and uh, reliable and loved and desirable, etc., 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 etc. And the bracha continues. If if I had to choose just the first section of this bracha, I would say the bracha is about the truth. Emet biyatziv, emet elokei olam malkeinu tzu Yaakov magenish enu. 
Malchuto ve'emunato. There's a relationship between the word emuna and the word emet. Faith and, and truth are the same uh, root in Hebrew. Emet ve'emuna, chok v'lo yavor. Emet, sh'atao lokeinu v'lokei avoteinu, malkeinu, melech avoteinu. It sounds like more or less a continuation of Kriyat Shema itself. You are our God. You are God. You are the truth. In truth, you are our God. But, but it should have been about Geula. This question, I think, answers our original question as well. The Bracha is about redemption. And the purpose of Bracha is not history. It's not that we should remember Yitziat Mitzrayim, an important event, a very important event, which took place 3,000 years ago when we say Kriyat Shema. It's about states of existence. Nature is a state, nature as derived from God, nature as creation, is a state of existence of the believer. Torah and love are states of existence of the believer. Geula, redemption, is a state of existence of the believer. We live in an environment in which God is our deliverer, our savior, our redeemer. Geula, Yeshua, when you speak to God, when you say to God, Shema Yisrael Shem Hashem Achad, you say it as one who is on the receiving end of a continual state of redemption, just like creation is a continual. Torah, of course, is continual because every day we learn and we receive Torah and we engage in Torah and we observe Torah. But there is, in fact, a problem in that statement. And the problem is that although Chazal clearly, unquestionably believe that Geula is a state and a condition of perpetual present existence, continually being renewed, but it is very difficult to perceive this in our present day world, which is a world of galut, a world of exile, not just exile of the Jewish people, but exile of the Shekhinah. It's a world in which the very concept of redemption is at best hidden and at worst absent. In our normal mode of speech, we use the word galut and gula as opposites. And when you think of Geula, you think, first of all, perhaps of Egypt, and then you immediately jump to the future. Ha-Geula is Biyata Mashiach, when the Messiah will come and redeem the world. In between those two events, we live in Galut, exile. Exile is not a political concept. It's a spiritual, metaphysical concept. And therefore, how we bridge this contradiction between a belief that Geula is a state of the Jew and the empiric fact that we are unredeemed, Chazal, first of all, therefore, have to, have to discuss, have to reflect, have to concentrate and express Geula in terms of Yitzhak Mitzvah. You have to express it in something which is factually clear. I want to give us an example because you might have thought a similar problem arises in the first Baracha, in Yotzer O. Nature clearly exists, but God's presence in nature isn't. But that's okay. Yes, we look at nature and we see God's presence. 
Because the Bacha makes you see that. That was the purpose of the Bacha. That you shouldn't see light, but you should see Yotzer HaMa'orot. But the light exists. You're not living in a world in which creation has been hidden. But we are living in a world in which Gula has been hidden. And therefore the Bacha is explicitly about Gulat Mitzrayim. I think the relationship of Geulat Mitzrayim to Geula is similar to what we saw in the previous two Bachot, that there is a general concept and a specific thing in which you, which, you, which you hold in your hands in order to elucidate the general concept, because the general concept is manifested by it. So creation was manifested by light, and love of God was manifested by the giving of the Torah, and redemption is manifested by the redemption of Egypt. But, you'll say, that's not fair. By exemplifying creation in light, I experience light. By exemplifying the love of God, a hazy, woozy concept, which maybe somebody might not feel, I exhibit it in Torah, so I immediately experience it. But by exhibiting redemption, by the redemption of Egypt, I don't experience it now. I experienced it 3,000 years ago. My forefathers, my memory, my ancestral memory experiences it. The answer is, the way the Bechah begins and has to begin. Emet v'yatsiv v'nachon v'kayam v'yashav v'neman v'hu v'chafiv. The Bechah is therefore also about emet. Emet doesn't mean truth as opposed to falsity. Emet is closely, as I mentioned, closely related to the word emunah, faith. And faith doesn't merely mean I have faith, I believe. Faith means reliability. Moshe Rabbeinu's arms raised up during the battle with Amalek, his arms were emunah. They were steadfast. And in fact, if you look at what the Bechah is talking about, it's emet, truth, v'yatsiv. Yatsiv meaning um, permanent, stable. V'nachon. Nachon means correct. It means much more than correct. Uh, it means established. V'kayam. Existent. Present existence. V'ne'eman. As well as yashar, ahuv, v'chaviv, v'nechmad. Let me continue in the Bacha. Emet. Truth. Elokei olam makenu. God, our King, is God eternal. Olam, not God of the whole world, but God of all times. Elokei olam. Lidor vador hu kayam. He exists in all generations. Ushmo kayam, and his name exists. Vichisel nachon, and his chair, his throne, is nachon, is well established. Even today. That's what the Bacha is saying. Who sees the throne of God today? It's not in Jerusalem. It's not manifest. Can't be. No, if it exists, it exists. In all generations. Umalchuto and his kingdom. Ve'emunato. And his faith to us, his faithfulness to us. La'ad forever exists. The Bacha continues. This is not a side theme. This is not just something which happens to be thrown in. This is what the beginning of the Bacha is all about. And when you say it, this is what you're saying. Udevarav and his words, Chayim v'kayamim, his words in the past, in the very 
long distant past, God said certain things to us. He said, I will be your God and you will be my people and I will redeem you. And I will be with you and I will give you Eretz Israel. He said all those things. Chayim v'kayimim. Those words are alive. They're not history. V'kayimim. And they exist. Ne'emanim. Faithful. V'nechmadim. And are dear to us. We hold them dear to us. La'ad. Forever. Ul'olmei olamim. And for worlds and worlds and worlds of worlds. Alavoteinu. On our fathers. V'albaneinu. And on our children. And on our future. And all generations. On the early ones. And on the late ones. This word cannot be changed. Once again, Emet. You are our Redeemer. And our Savior. That has always been your name. And will always be your name. Ein Elokim Zulatecha. In Nusach Sfad, there were seven emets in this bracha. In Nusach Ashkenaz, there were five. A lot of emet. I'll discuss the numerology involved here. Um, but the idea of seven goes back very, very far in Rishonim. But five is also a lot. So what happens now? The bracha is two parts. Chazal are, are, are struggling with the necessity to affirm and that we should affirm and we should believe and see, we should see it the way you see the light, the way you experience Torah. You should see Geulat Yisrael, the redemption of Israel. Even though you have to admit the facts, it's not exactly present in the same way. And the answer is the Bechah says like this, yes, it is present because God redeemed us from Egypt and that is a permanent state in your existence, not a historical state. And if you have to struggle to see it, if you have to have emunah, if it takes faith to see it, maybe you won't see it with the eyes of nature the way you can see the sun. Maybe you won't see it with the eyes of nature the way the brain of nature, the way you see Torah. But you'll see it with the eyes of faith. And therefore, emet emunah. It's truth in the eyes of faith, but it's present, it's continual. So, emet ve'emunah shatau go'aleinu. Emet ve'emunah shemimitzrayim ga'altanu. You redeemed us from Egypt and therefore you have become our permanent redeemer and that's who I am and that's who you are. Again, in terms of the greater uh, uh, framework of Kriyat Shema, before or when, as you say Kriyat Shema, you say three things. Who am I and who are you? You have given me the world, nature, a good nature a warm, light nature in which I can breathe and live and exist. You have given me Torah in which I develop as a Jew and you are my Redeemer now. You are freeing me, taking me out of slavery and putting me into freedom. Now, let me explain that point because I think it's not really a matter of faith or, or somehow of abstract faith or of paradoxical faith. Jews don't believe in paradoxical faith, in absurd faith. What's absurd to the Jews is not true. It's the difference between Jews and Christians. We don't believe in the ridiculous. There is one of the bases of Western thought, modern Western thought, modern Western democratic liberal thought. It's a statement of Jean-Jacques Rousseau that man is born free and is everywhere found in chains. The natural state of man is freedom 
But somehow they become enslaved to others, to circumstances, etc. The foundation of Judaism, the story of the Exodus from Egypt, Yitziat Mitzrayim, the Geulat Mitzrayim, is the exact opposite. It's a crucial point because the naturalness of freedom is one of the, perhaps the, the most important foundation of modern liberal Western thought. And I don't uh, deny philosophically that it has a certain basis, but for Jews, the opposite is true. Or the opposite is also true. The opposite is mostly true. Jews were first of all slaves. I know that they, Avraham Avinu was not a slave. Yitzhak was not a slave. And Yaakov was not a slave. But as a people, we were born to slavery. And we were redeemed unnaturally, supernaturally. It took unbelievable miracles, in other words, supernatural force, anti-natural force, to free us. And that's one of the reasons why Yitzhak Mitzrayim, it's so crucial in the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim that it was miraculous. We, we, we in Agadash Pesach, we all the time talk about the Yad HaChazakah, B'Zroa Netuya, Ne'esar Makot, and Kriyat Yamsuf. It's so important to realize, and God went out of his way. Anyone who knows the story realizes that God could have taken us out, but simply, he, he looked for ways. He tricked the Egyptians. He hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he could do more miracles. And he says why in the beginning of Pashat Bo? That you should know should be Yad Chazakah with a mighty hand of God. Who was Zohan Netuyan and an outstretched arm. God redeemed you from Egypt. Because there was no natural way in the world that you can get out of Egypt. Egypt is not merely you were slaves, but it's Beit Avadim, it's the house of bondage. A phrase meant to in, 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 convey the idea that there is no way out except for the most amazing, powerful miracles in the world which would break those bonds. The natural state, so to speak, of the Jew is slavery, but God redeems us. And if, if we are free today, and to some extent we are free today, it's true, being not in a state of ge'ula, full ge'ula, is equivalent to being in a state of, of slavery. Chazal used the expression to explain why we don't say halal on, uh, it's famous, why we don't say halal on Purim, because akati because after the great miracle of Purim, they were still slaves of Achashverosh, servants of Achashverosh, if you wish to modify the Hebrew phrase, make it more palatable to your ears. So there is a state of slavery today, but we know that it's not the slavery of Egypt. We are free enough to observe Torah. We're free enough to develop. Yes, we are free men. That freedom is not a historical fact, among other reasons, because it's not a natural fact. If it were a natural fact, if it was an accident of history that Jews happened to be enslaved, and then they returned to the natural state by being freed by Lincoln, Moses, somebody, okay, then today freedom is, a, is, is, what you, is, is where you belong. It's true, there was once this, this accident in which you were enslaved, but we got over that. But that's not the way the Torah views it. You were born into slavery. God frees you. If God doesn't free you, if God doesn't continually free you, then in fact you sink back into slavery. That's the reason, in my opinion, why we have to observe Pesach every year, because we do sink back into slavery. We observe Pesach not as memory, but as redemption itself, as recreation. I'm not going to talk about Pesach now, but anyone who knows, anyone who looks at the Haggadah, Anyone who's been to a Seder 
knows the Seder is about experiencing emancipation. Because we do sink back at the slavery. And God's powerful hand has to take us out of Egypt. So in fact, the state of freedom is just like continual creation and just like continual Torah, giving of Torah. The state of redemption, the state of being free. Freedom is not a inertial fact, but a dynamic act of God to us. God is our Redeemer. It is true that it is hard to see that because it's covered up by layers which are layers of non-salvation. They're layers of slavery. We are living in Galut. There is a problem. And therefore, you can't even talk about this without immediately aspiring to a full state of redemption. Tzur Yisrael, Kuma Be'ezrat Yisrael, Rock of Israel in the present. Arise for the help of Israel. And indeed redeem as you have said the Holy Ones of Israel. You have to say that. I mean, you can't... You, there is a contradiction involved. There's a contradiction which in the meantime we're living with. So... Why is that exemplified by the word emet? That's what the word truth means in relationship to God. Rashi, in Pashad Ve'era, when God says to Moshe Rabbeinu, Ushmi Hashem lo nodati lahem, God says to Moshe Rabbeinu, you know, you know me as Yudke Vavke, as Hashem, but the forefathers of Abraham, Yitzhak Yaakov, knew me only as Kel Shakai, but not as the name Yudke Vavke. Difficult pasuk. Rashi explains, what does that mean? The name Yudke Vavke means Emet. And I did not disclose myself to them in that name because I promised I did not fulfill. I promised them that they would get Eretz Yisrael, but I didn't give it to them. So they didn't see my truth. Truth means that what you promised in the past is true. Takes place. The, the gap between promise and fulfillment looks like falsity, doesn't exhibit truth. That means the midah of truth, but God is truth. They didn't see it, but God was true. The truth of God is that His word will be fulfilled. So if God promises us redemption, God promises us freedom, the emet is that it's here. Although, there's something also called gilui ha-emet, the disclosure the revelation of the truth and that is somewhat distorted and hidden by the circumstances the unfortunate the terrible circumstances which are summarized by the word galut by the word exile so what are Bikot Kriyachma about? there are three conditions of existence divine conditions three God-given conditions of existence God-giving conditions of existence we are on the receiving end of three continual uh, emanations from God the cup is overfilled God pours out onto us three things one is light meaning the natural, natural world but light indicates that it's a continual flow Two is Torah, 
but it's continual. It's God's love that gives us Torah all the time as Jewish people. And three is Geula, continual. God is holding you back from the state of slavery. And freedom is freedom v'geula, freedom and redemption is what makes us Jews, what makes us alive, what makes us citizens of God's kingdom. For the slaves are not citizens of God's kingdom. They're merely slaves. But only free citizens can be citizens of God's kingdom. That is the circumstances in which we say, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. I think that that's also the reason why this bracha is after Nelti Barachot beforehand. Beforehand, it's simply truth. You simply see it. So I tell you in advance, look, see this nature, see this Torah, now say Kriyat Shema. Since Ka'ula is somewhat hidden and needs to be uncovered, so you need a certain measure of affirmation to even see it. There's a vicious cycle here. If you don't see it, you won't affirm it. You have to affirm it in order to actually see it. When we say Kriyachma, we affirm that you are our God, we also affirm that Emet v'yatsiv v'nachon v'kayam, and then it becomes a fact. So it's comes afterwards. In fact, not just afterwards, but as the Gemara says, and therefore we do this, you have to take the word Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Elokechem, the last two words of Kriyat Shema, Ani, Hashem Elokechem, I am the Lord your God, and we have to attach them to the word Emet. No pause at all. Emet is not the last word of Kriyat Shema, it's the first word of the Bracha. The, the Pasuk ends, Ani, Hashem Elokechem, end Pasuk. But we all say, Everyone does this. We all know. It's the Gemara says, Ani Hashem Elokechem Emet. Because, in fact, this bracha is not merely point of fact, but it's a commitment to see these facts as being true. So we say, Ani Hashem Elokechem Emet V'yatsiv V'nachon She'atahu Go'aleinu. I'm summarizing the bracha in very, very short words. It's a continuation of the Kabbalat Omach Uchmaim. We accept upon ourselves the yoke of heaven and we accept, reflect, and realize that God is our uh, Goel. And this is the missing part of our discussion. In the first two Bachot, I pointed out how the Bachat speaks of what is, but also hints or describes what we have to do. First Bachat, God creates nature. What do we have to do? You have to reflect that. You have to praise God for that as the angels praise God for that because the Shemayim Esapim Kfot Kel because the world, us, we ourselves, we have to sing God's glory in being nature. Two, God gives us Torah. Oh, it's obvious we have to do. We have to learn Torah. So we ask God to help us learn Torah. And the Barachah is fairly explicit. You have given us Torah and, and we will learn Torah. The third Barachah, you are our Redeemer. What do we have to do? Redemption, you're really passive. Redemption of Egypt, it was explicitly stated that you don't have to do anything. Hashem yilachem lachem v'atem tacharishun. God will fight for you and you will be silent. There is something that we have to do. Because God is a permanent redeemer. We have to affirm it. We have to find that fact. Because if we don't, it will really somehow disappear under the covering mists of Galut. We'll be lost in the fog of Galut. So God is our Redeemer. That's a fact. But make it true. Make it true by saying, as part of Kabbalat Oma Chut don't end with Wudan Shalokhem, but Emet Vyatsiv Vinachon Vakayam Vyashar. Emet Shatawa Shamalokeinu Vakayavotainu. Emet Shmi Mitzraim Gaaltanu. 
Atahu Rishon, Atahu Acharon. You'll always be what you were in that glorious moment of Yitzhak Mitzvahim. You are still that now, and we are in fact getting it still now. We are still coming out of Egypt. And therefore, we are your loyal servants, and you are our glorious King, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, Baruch Atah Hashem, Ga'al Yisrael. And that's it for today. We will continue next week with Tefillah. Which one essay? We're not going to talk about each Vachav Shonesse, which was a different series that I gave none in KMTT, but there's a long series of Shurim in the uh, VBM, and they were in fact uh, 18, and therefore they wouldn't fit into the series in any event. But we will talk about Shonesse in general and its connection to Kriyat Shema and to Ga'al Yisrael, as exemplified by the statement of Chazal, the requirement that one should be Somech Geula Litefila. One needs to combine put together, join Geula, the nature, the topic of today, with Tefillah, our topic for next week. We will talk about that conjunction uh, in the year that will come next week. This has been Ezra Bik. Wishing you a Shavuot Tov, a good week, a week of learning Torah, and Vodat Hashem, and success. This has been KMTT, Ki Mitzion Tetzei Torah, Udvar Hashem Yerushalayim. Kol Tov.